Welcome to On Podcast, the On Microsoft Podcast, where we talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. Uh, I am joined with a special guest today. Uh, we got Shane. We're bringing him back because we have some hardware stuff to talk about. And my co-host normally is uh, actually on vacation, so you'll be seeing a new background, a different person. Don't be alarmed. It's still Microsoft stuff. Uh, actually, more of it. So uh, I will get into the breakdown right after uh, my co-host for today tells us a little bit about himself. Yeah, so first off, thanks for having me back on the podcast again. I guess it was, I guess it's been a few months ago now, right? A couple months? Yeah. It's been a, it's been a l- little bit since I was on before. Um, you may know me as that guy that made all those Surface Duo videos. I think at this point, I, God, it's over 100. I don't even know at this point. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous that, that have Surface Duo in it. Um, so yeah, my YouTube channel is called Scary If Literal. If I was uh, thinking about this, I would have been wearing a shirt or something, which I, I failed to do this time around. I think I did last time. Um, but that is, yeah. So basically, I mean, I talk about tech news in general, but I have a, a central focus on the duo back there or like the Z Fold stuff, more productivity minded, uh, oddball devices. That's kind of always been my, um, what I've been most interested in. I'm, I'm just kind of bored with normal phones. So that's what I focus on there. Um, yeah, that's me. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, we'll get more into it as we go in, but uh, I'm going to start giving uh, our audience a breakdown so they'll know if they want to keep watching or listening to the podcast. Uh, sure. Today, yeah, today we're going to be talking about Microsoft's uh, Q4 earnings. Uh, you know, I think everybody in the tech industry is finally giving their numbers. And surprise, surprise, the pandemic seems to be great for people who do software. Uh, it's uh, just the way things are going. Uh, then we're going to get into probably the meat of our of our podcast, which would be, again, the Surface Duo camera leaks. So we brought on who I consider an expert on this, at least for, as far as handling the device, handling reactions to it, just kind of covering it in, in ad nauseum. So we'll get into that. And then we'll also kind of round out the uh, 250 million monthly active Teams users numbers. Uh, again, that's information that was kind of parsed out through the uh, earnings call. And then we'll do our fast recap, which is, again, where we put about eight minutes on the clock and we kind of run through a bunch of smaller things that happened during the week. Uh, some of that starts with Microsoft Teams providing phishing protection, because, again, that's big. Windows 10 uh, 21 H1 is now at 26.6% market share, uh, which is, again, big, even though it's an older operating system now it's mm-hmm. <laughs> going to be legacy probably within about two or three months right. uh, then we're talking about microsoft flight simulator on the xbox series x and s uh, we also have some initial hands-on and then we're gonna be talking about calendar tasks coming to outlook uh, on the web so outlook.com is getting some more features and you know we've heard some rumors about microsoft not even rumors i think they kind of came out and said it they're going to be transitioning uh, outlook.com is the pwa uh replacement for some of the mail solutions uh, on the desktop so, and then we'll have our week ahead where we'll kind of hint at Lorenz Halo uh, Infinite Technical Preview. I'm assuming he's got a review coming up, but uh, we'll keep an eye out on that. And then I have some hardware stuff that I'm going to be testing. Uh, I know I have some software reviews I owe you guys, but I also got some mechanical keyboards in, uh, some battery packs, a bunch of cool things that, um, you know, people who are, even if you're not going back to school per se, like in the school, or if you're not going back on campus, or if you're not even going back to an office, you'll still want to get some of these things to uh, supplement your workflow in the coming months. So uh, with that being said, uh, I'm going to ramble into uh, our Q1, our Q4 earnings. Now, Shane, I don't know if you keep up with earnings or anything like that. I know you're probably just looking around and say like, okay, Apple, had another blockbuster quarter. Microsoft did well. <laughs> Google's raking it in. You know, it's, yeah. you know, unless we see one of the companies say like file for bankruptcy or chapter eleven, right. 
we can almost assume they're still doing pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I don't typically worry about these companies very much. I will pay attention like if there's if there's an oddball number or something like that, but I, I don't usually, you know, really drill in. Yeah. Well then I will keep it short, but I will bring up some stuff that you might be interested in, like sure. again with hardware stuff, surface and things like that. So just off the bat, uh Microsoft uh announced that the company produced forty six point two billion dollars in revenue for the quarter. Again, these when we say quarter, we mean three months prior to uh the release of the earnings. So really in those waning late spring early summer months where things aren't really going down they were able to uh, do fairly well uh that represents a 21 percent increase for the year like year over year so this time last wow. year yeah they were, managed to increase the revenue by 20 percent for that same that's, that's huge that's huge at least Again. as far as i'm concerned i used yeah. to be in retail I used to run retail stores and if i posted a 21 percent comp year over year my district manager would have been taking me out to lunch that would have been a very good thing to do. So that that to me sounds like a massive increase. Well, and like I said, it's during those waning months. So it'd be different if like, you know, this is Christmas time and you're telling your boss yeah. like, oh, we increased 7% over the holiday quarter. It's like, well, we normally have pretty robust business, but you can tell your boss like, you know, in, right before summer when no one's spending money, you were still pre, I mean, still pandemic-ish and mm-hmm. you're able to increase that. It's, you know, it's, it's showing and you I'll get to why in a second. Um, uh, as far as the net profit is concerned, because as an investor, revenue is great, uh, but you still want to know uh, kind of what they're putting in the bank and what they're reinvesting into uh, future endeavors. They brought in 16.6 billion for the quarter. So while 46.2 was the revenue, 16.6 billion went into the went into the coffers. And then they also were able to dilute their shares by returning uh, about 10.4 billion of that back to investors. Uh, so investors got about a two point or two dollars and fourteen cent. Uh, increase on their current stocks. So that again represents about a 49% increase over the same time period last year. So if you're investing in Microsoft, I don't know about getting shares now because they're pretty high, but if you had done so uh, right around the time Steve Ballmer was leaving, you'd be a very rich man right now. Cause I think uh, historically uh, during the Ballmer tenure, their stocks were at about, they fluctuated between $21 and about 38 39 at the highest mm-hmm. and now they're reaching like 200 bucks or something like that right. so under Sachin Adele he's you know helped them skyrocket um kind of as far as the investors concerned even as the company's concerned uh so breakout things uh we can kind of get into some of the details I'm not gonna get too minute into it because again you know unless you're an investor none of this, it's just rich people playing with money in my opinion <laughs> Uh, but they're uh, they have three different divisions uh, that kind of make up the core of their earnings, and one is pro- productivity and business processes, uh, and that what that kind of consists of is office, uh, their LinkedIn stuff, so the LinkedIn purchase and revenue, uh, dynamics like their dynamics products and things like that. So office, you know, something we we use here in the for our company, uh, they their revenue increases about twenty eight percent, and that's about up fifteen percent from this time last year. Uh, office and that's commercial so that's you know uh, people who are going back to the office and mm-hmm. you know, their admins are assigning them credentials things like that for those of us like me and you maybe who might do, do the ten dollar a month or you know 99 bucks a month uh single uh user one they were still able to increase that by 18 percent uh and they brought in uh the subscriber account has increased to about 51.9 million uh people using personal office, not just the business one. So as much as we give flack about saying like, oh, I hate office or we have to use it just because our boss gives it to us, uh, there are 51 million people opting to do that. Yeah. Complaining. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a lot of people. 
Yeah, uh, and they're still continuing to grow that. Uh, so again, we, we always see that, you know, software is where it's going to be at, subscriptions are probably where it's going to be at for them. LinkedIn also, which is, again, a um, big project. It's been a, an astounding purchase for them over the last five years or so. Uh, they've increased their revenue up 46 percent. Um, I wrote a piece um, about two days ago, two or three days ago, about how they've managed to generate about $10 billion worth of revenue over the last year. Um, so, you know, they are tripling their growth, so to speak, uh, since Microsoft's taken helm. Um, and they're doing mostly this by like kind of pushing the premium thing. I don't know if you've been looking for a job. I know you're self-employed um, mm -hmm. for the most part, but for some of us out there that are still, you know, waiting to become like you and still need a nine to five, uh, if you go to a LinkedIn, they have this whole section of premium features, which give you right. like a, a resume, uh, you get like a personal person to read over resume building, uh, you get stats on different positions for jobs. Like they'll tell you like, oh, you're one of 30 people who have applied for this in the last three days. Uh, you're among, you know, based on filters and criteria, they'll tell you you're amongst the top 10% based on you know, all the things you have in your resume. So things like that to kind of give you an edge in the job right. market. And as more people are starting to um, seek new employment, you know, people who used to just be in restaurants and now, you know, that you hear this, oh, the job market's, you know, in flux and people aren't coming back to work. It's mostly people that were taking crap jobs before are now looking at taking the pandemic as an opportunity yeah. to maybe get certificates, um, you know, AAs or something, or just looking, just brush up the resume and say, like, I, I deserve more money. They're all jumping on LinkedIn. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I, I'd use LinkedIn a bit in the past, just in sort of networking ways. Um, but I hadn't really thought about that. But that makes a lot of sense that, I mean, the job market is absolutely in a weird place right now. So the amount of people that maybe got smacked in the face with some realities over the last year and some change, would they then take what they had and go to LinkedIn and say, I'm starting over i'm gonna like i'm gonna do something about this heck yeah i think we're seeing a lot of people doing that that's why certain companies aren't hiring very well because they're not appealing so that's that's a that's an interesting uh that's a very interesting thing to think about why linkedin would be kicking some tail right now but it totally makes sense yeah and i, I wrote uh it's in the week of and again i don't know how many people actually read this article or really care but linkedin's had over the last four months, two pretty massive uh, user data leaks. Right. So in, in the face of <laughs> in the face of their information being leaked, pe there are more people signing up. So I think people have become desensitized to that. I I, <laughs> I, I, went, agree. Back to, I went back to Edge here uh, just the other day and I got a pop up and it said like 89 of my passwords <laughs> have been leaked. And you know what? You know what I did? I ignored it. I went through and I clicked ignore. I, you know, it's fine. Whatever. You, you got me. You know, yeah. like I just assume that that's the case. That's really stupid. Like, what a dumb thing for me to do. <laughs> but I think that we're all just there. I just assume all my password. Like, I just check my bank account frequently. You know, like I know it's going to happen eventually. <laughs> what are you going to do? I think we've. I think we've gotten to. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think we've gotten to a point where it's uh, part of the. You know, it's like when you hop on the freeway, you know, there's always a chance of getting in an accident. I think when we hop on the Internet, 
I'm just kind of like, yeah, there's a chance that my computer could crash, but hey, it hasn't. It is what it is. It, it is what it is. Yeah, there's not much you can. It's like when we all found out that like the, the government can look at us through our cell phones and everybody universally just went, eh, and just yeah. moved on. We're, we're not that, you know, as much as we like to think we're that yeah. important, we're really not. So yeah, maybe I, just, I think people have come to that realization. Why would they be looking at me? What, what do I have? You know, why yeah. would they want to hack my like my bank account doesn't have that much money in it? Like, what do they want yeah. with my information? I feel like uh, if they hack my bank account, I, I at least want them to get sent the overdraft fee for it. Right, sure, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah, for sure. Huge. That 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 seems fair. You broke into it. There's nothing there. Can you at least pay the overdraft fee? Thank well, you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on to Intelligent Cloud, uh, just a few more points, and then we'll hop into the fun stuff. Um, their intelligent cloud, which is again, the bulk of what they do. This is now Azure. This is the big transition from uh, Windows where they're kind of, you know, letting Windows kind of die down, so to speak. Um, I wouldn't let panels hear me say that, but they're at least, we've known that they've been having this titanic shift towards cloud. So uh, that's been uh, up, uh, it increased about 30%, which is pretty big for them, especially still going up against AWS, in a, again, a relatively slow quarter. Uh, the server products had increased about 34%, uh, and their Azure growth was up 51%. Uh, and this comes on the heels of, I think they lost a Jedi contract, which would have been uh, a 10 year, 10 point something billion dollar contract. Uh, you know, they're going to rework that somehow and probably get back into it for a smaller portion of whatever the uh, defense, defense department needs for a smaller amount. But they did get a big uh, contract with the Army for doing their uh, HoloLens headsets. Mm -hmm. And they can max out in that contract for almost 21.5 billion. So, you know, they're taking big chunks of uh, cloud market with them. Uh, they're, you know, I wouldn't say catching up to AWS because they're still, uh, AWS has just had a massive lead, but the gains are still increasing, which is good because there was a worry about two quarters ago that uh, both AWS and uh, Azure were seeing smaller gains, meaning that the market was starting to get saturated. Doesn't seem to be the case. It just seems that people are retooling and trying to figure out if they want full blown everything in the cloud or if they want more hybrid, like, okay, right. we'll have some stuff in our office and we'll have some stuff in the cloud. And Microsoft is positioned mostly to be that hybrid solution. They're not as uh, customizable, so to speak, at, or at least as free flowing as AWS is for people who want to go strictly to the cloud. Uh, so Microsoft's position itself as a hybrid and hybrid seems to be where people want, at least for right now. Yeah. Uh, and finally, we'll get to the fun stuff. Here's the fun stuff I was talking about, the more personal computing. This is Windows uh, licensing revenues. So PCs and things like that are all reflected in this. Windows OEM revenues decreased by 3%. Uh, and, you know, Microsoft likes to point fingers saying like, you know, no, I think nobody likes bad news. So they're not saying like, oh, we suck. They're just saying the P because of the chip shortages, PC manufacturers couldn't produce enough laptops and devices uh, with our you know, uh, operating system on it, which we licensed to them. That's how we made our money. So because they couldn't make uh, the, enough laptops, we didn't get enough money from Windows. That's, you know, part of the excuse. The other part is just, again, uh, Windows is free for right now. There hasn't been a big rush for people adopting op new operating systems, things of that nature. Um, the next thing is Xbox uh, was actually down, despite everyone's love fest for you know Game Pass, things like that. Uh, and I think that's partially due to not having any big titles to kind of push right now. And I mean that across the board, not just for Xbox. There's no big. Nothing's big, happened in the gaming yeah. world right now. Everyone's kind of looking for the next game at the moment. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. If they were, if uh, I don't know, even Far Cry 6 or whatever is not a huge, you know, it's yeah. not a big push. You need something that's, 
going to be like a battlefield or, or something like yeah. that coming up soon to help both ecosystems. Uh, and the surface revenue was down. This is where we kind of get into our next topic. But uh, th that was down. Uh, this is following two quarters behind their pre two quarters prior. They were at they just hit the iceberg, the tip of the iceberg for two billion. So they were doing well. Mm -hmm. Now it's kind of seen a, both the next two quarters have not actually been very good for them. Uh, and I think part of that is just uh, people maybe you know, I wouldn't say getting bored with design, but I think people are kind of settling into the devices they want and the devices that OEMs are making, everybody's making on on the whole are lasting so much longer. So I think the turnover cycles are going to be a little different. But this gets us into our next topic, and I'll let you take it from here because this is Surface Duo camera leaks or just Surface Duo leaks in general. Yeah, Go. so so this this story broke in a super weird way. Like one of the weirdest, one of the weirdest leaks I've seen in a really long time. So about a month ago, some random YouTube channel, it was like tech, tech something, like this little small YouTube channel, posted a video showing pictures of what was purported to be the Surface Duo 2. No one noticed. <laughs> no <laughs> one picked this up. Super strange. Actually, I actually had some people in the comments of that video tagging me. I never got it. I never got a notification. <laughs> never saw it. Um, and most of the comments were people saying, oh, this is clearly fake, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Well, Windows Central, uh, Dana Rubino and Zach, Zach Bo is it Zach Bowden or Bowden? I've never heard I, it I've, said. I've worked with him and I've, I've pronounced it Bowden. He hasn't corrected me, but maybe he just said that <laughs> in my go. face gonna go with Bowden then yeah um they got uh, someone tweeted at them and was like hey is this real Zach immediately like within like 20 minutes it seemed like had an article up saying this is real okay <laughs> so that tells me a couple of things one he uh knew that it was real because I'm sure he has seen things that he's not allowed to talk about the lucky bastard um <laughs> so he saw and was like oh I can talk about it now so he probably had a damn article like 80% written, like ready to go. Probably. <laughs> publish if I if I had to, to guess. Um, so what we saw in this in this leak is not was I surprised? Kind of. I was kind of surprised. So let me grab my <laughs> we'll talk about it. So on the on the duo now, I'm sure everybody is aware of this, but there's there's just the one the one camera, your selfie camera. If you want to take a picture of the world, you go into phone mode and take a picture of the world. And the fact that it is, it's a selfie camera. It's in a, you know, was it 4.8 millimeters thick or thin, I guess, depending on if your glass is half full or half empty. Um, by virtue of the fact that the sensor is just really small, it's not a very good camera. If you're taking a picture of yourself, it's It's a selfie camera. It's fine. But if you go and take a picture of the world, it's not very good. That's just... It is what it is. I see comments all the time. People say it's good enough for me. I'm like, that's fine. But it's not good enough for like most people. Most people, when they buy a phone, they expect a whole bunch of cameras and they expect their performance to be obscene. Like our, our standards for cameras on phones is just so ridiculous. It's not, it's crazy how spoiled we've gotten. So Microsoft inevitably got a lot of feedback that the, the Duo's camera was just not, good enough and we know that they'd worked on prototypes in the past where you know there's one image that was in um, M mkbhd like probably the best tech youtuber 
he um he had a video where he was talking to them about Duo, and there was a prototype that had an, an external facing camera with a little bump and then a little divot on the other side, so that when you went into phone mode, it would nest into that divot and you could still fold flat. I'd speculated months ago maybe they would do something like that. Well, they kind of did and they kind of didn't, because what they did do is they basically took this and they just put it on the back of the duo <laughs> in a way that many commenters have said looks like it was glued on. People like it literally <laughs> looks like someone just photoshopped this onto something. But that's what it is. It is on um, this, I believe it's on that side, the left back side of the left screen, um, rather large triple camera bump, more than likely a, a standard wide and ultra wide in a telephoto. Um, no word as to how many, you know, what kind of zoom we're talking. I'm going to guess it's 2x because I don't think they can possibly do anything more than 2x. 5x seems to usually um, require a periscope lens, which they're definitely not doing that in a 4.8 millimeter uh, body, even though Duo 2 is a little bit wide, a little bit thicker than the original. It's not significant. Um, so we're getting a rather large camera bump. And of course, everybody freaked out because that means, of course, that when you go into phone mode, it's not going to close all the way. And everybody uh, collectively lost their minds. And I've spent the last week trying to calm everyone down. Um, <laughs> actually had a commenter who 3D printed a camera bump based on what they could see in the picture and showed that with the bumper on, plus that camera bump, it's basically slight. If you remember, the duo came with that bumper that wouldn't let it close all the way either. Yeah. And the camera bump is like a tiny bit more than that bumper. So everybody needs to calm down. There's also concern that like, well, if the bump is here, then you can like torque the thing. But like, I can do that. And like, it doesn't break, you know, like there's a little bit of give to the hinge. Like, I'm really not worried about like, if you have a duo, do that and then hold it and use it for a while. And within 30 seconds, she'll go, oh, it's fine. It's not it's not a big deal. Well, my question is, how does the Galaxy Fold deal with it? Well, with the with the fold being that it's on the back side, it's just I mean, it's never in the, it's, never it's never in the way of anything. So it, it you've got your external screen there and then you open up and you've got your inter, your internal screen and that that bump is never I mean, it's there and it's it's ugly. I mean, I'm not going to like tell you that it's not and, I, and, it, and it's ugly on the back of the Duo, too. It is. Like, if you're really concerned about the aesthetics of Duo, you're not going to like it. But luckily, if you want a Surface Duo without a, uh, with it's perfectly symmetrical and has no camera bump, they already made that. <laughs> I, I have it right say, here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, as far as the camera's concerned, that's, you know, we've listed. I think uh, Windows Central, again, is also reporting that uh, they're going to update a lot of the internal stuff as well. Because mm -hmm. uh, I know the camera is kind of a focus of everybody's because you know they don't seem too concerned about the fact that they're gonna update it with an a uh, snapdragon 888 uh system yep. on the chip so that's the most the most recent one uh, i think the the first duo had a generation prior snapdragon 8, 855 so it actually it actually was a was by the time it was out like the z fold was coming out with the 865 or maybe right, exactly maybe yeah. even the, uh, the z fold 2 i should say might even be the 65 plus if i'm remembering right so they 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 were behind on the hardware. Didn't really matter a whole ton as far as performance goes. But yeah, yeah, we'll have the triple eight in the um as far as we know, I've seen some people kind of waffle on that where they'll say like it seems like it'll be the triple eight. So I guess no one's really said for sure. I, mean, I personally don't care if it's I, the triple eight. Yeah, I don't either. I mean the duo the service team has been known to use last generation uh chipsets and kind of max them out to their yeah. fullest performance. I think uh the the Surface team got burned early on, I think, because the Surface 
Pro 4 when they went with Intel's latest chipset and they had a bunch of the heat bag issues, sleep yep. bag stuff. I don't think they've ever really wanted to repeat that. Well, and, and and not to cut you off, but you, yeah. you said you said um, they don't want to get burned. And here it is, <laughs> the, the, the triple eight on some devices already. There there are some concerns with heat generation from this thing. And you're talking about a device that, I mean, heat dissipation is not a strong point of something that is this thin. So yeah. while I do think the rumors seem to be triple eight is what's happening, if they came out and they said, hey, we're gonna rock whatever the newest seven series is, like what the Pixel Five had. Better battery life, performance will be like my wife has the Pixel Five. I've never heard her be like, "This thing's just slow." Like no <laughs> phone, no modern phone is slow. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, if they were to do that and and keep heat down, keep battery life better, I would be fine with that. I don't think that's yeah. what they're going to do. So I am a little concerned because this this dude can get a little warm as it is. Well, so see, that's it. See I mean, that works out. Um, they're also going to be supposedly. We'll see uh, how they get the bands in their 5G connectivity. Yep. Uh, NFC support, which you can finally yep. do. You, know, you can finally have your Google wallet on there and actually use it out in the world. Um, what else? I think they're, they're also discussing, and again, these might just be rumors because I feel like the hardware is set in stone, but possibly either fortifying the USB port or change, or positioning it somewhere else on the device. It, the the hardware that was leaked, it was moved. I don't know why it's where it is. I don't know how visible that's going to be, but it's sort of like, Mm -hmm. off to the side in a really weird yeah. spot so they're centering it which the images you couldn't really tell if this material had changed you could tell that the edge was chamfered it was nice and curved which yeah. i like um but they've got to do it has to be better like mine's chipped mine is cracked the piece of my usb port is broken completely off oh, um, mine and like everyone else's That's not, heard, not, yeah. not everybody but like a lot of people had this problem um, so they have centered it, and you have to think like if it comes out and people's USB-C ports start cracking again, then then that that would be the most insane thing in the world. But yeah, yeah. centering it, I had a commenter mention this, and I thought this was brilliant. He was like, "Oh yeah, if it's centered, you can have this thing in phone mode or or even just a normal mode, and some of the like uh, uh, controllers and things that use that USB port might actually line up now." And yeah. I was like. That's so smart because it's a Game Pass device. You got your game here and like, I don't know, YouTube up here or something. It's awesome. Have a controller now. That's pretty smart. So I'm, I, it's a good thing that they've decided to move it from the random place that they put it in to yeah. where everybody, everyone else's USB-C port is. Where, yeah, where it makes most sense, especially if you're going to be using your phone while charging, so to speak, for yeah. some people. Uh, the other things, uh, there, there are two major things aside from the camera, so we'll, we'll put the camera in its own little bucket for right now, that uh, I think people were really hoping, or they're really kind of banking their their lot on Microsoft kind of changing and getting right this time around. One is a price tag, because uh, I think it originally launched at around 1400 bucks or almost 15 or close to 16 with tax, depending on where you're at, if you're in the States or if you're in Canada or something like that. Uh, so if they, I mean, with all this new tech, they may keep it at the same price, which would actually technically be sort of a discount because you're putting in, you know, 5G, you're putting in NFC support, you're putting in a new SOC, you're probably, you know, you're putting in more stuff, but keeping the yep. price the same. Uh, or hopefully they'll come down in price somewhat a little bit. Um, I doubt that they will. Uh, and then two, and this is mainly what your channel is about, software. So as we were talking about the chipset, you know, if it's a 785 or whatever the next, the, the next 700 plus series is, mm. If they can just fix these software glitches, 
then the speed of the of the chipset that wouldn't really matter. Like your wife's saying, the, five, the Pixel Five works, you know, relatively fast because the yeah. software. Yeah. There's no no issues. Yeah, I mean, you know, shortly after the Duo came out, and so many so many reviewers, this kind of drives me crazy. They'll they'll use a device like Duo that has a lot of bugs, and they will blame they were blaming that on the Snapdragon eight fifty five, and that's dumb because the eight fifty five is more than adequate. So I, I made a video early on where I, I I um I had PUBG Mobile running two instances simultaneously, one on the top screen, one on the bottom screen. <laughs> I like this auto running, just running around like, look, it's fine. It's got plenty of raw power. Mm-hmm. The problem is with their implementation of Android and the hope because their Android build, a lot, a lot of people got this wrong too. They're like, Microsoft's fork of Android, blah, 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 blah. Microsoft did not fork Android. This is stock Android. Like, use it, and it's almost totally stock. They've tweaked it to work with dual screen, and those tweaks are where the problem is. Well, apparently, this was mentioned way back, and it's never really been talked about since, but the word was, was that Microsoft was working closely with Google to, to help move these changes into Android 11, and that's the hope. Uh, Duo 2 will launch with Android 11, um, and I expect the first Duo to get it about the same time. It'll probably happen around about the same time, which is probably going to be late September, early October launch for the Duo 2, Android 11 right then. That's, to me, the hardware looks fine. I'm not worried about the camera bump. The you know Clearly, the cameras are going to be considerably better. My concern is, will the software be better? Because they've not convinced me yet that they can fix the bugs. In fact, they've introduced more. They fixed some, oh, and they've geez. introduced more. So Duo is in a weird place where, you know, look, if Android 11 comes out and it turns out that they understood from the beginning that this device wasn't going to sell well and that round two was going to be the one to focus on, so they move their attention to Android 11, they put all their all their eggs in that basket with Duo 2, and it rolls out, and it's like, ha, here, here it is. This is our vision. We got it right on the second one. Then great, we're, we're good. Do you, I have no reason to think that's what's happening, though. That would just be me speculating and, and hoping for the best. I hope that's what happens, because I love, I love Duo. But well, I have, my question no, is, you ahead. have Android 11 coming out for the Duo, the Duo mm-hmm. 2. But, I mean, I think I would assume, I would hope the Microsoft launcher would follow Android 12 as far as design aesthetics. I mean, I've been rocking a Pixel 4XL for you know, however long it's been out. And I've been beta testing Android 12, and there's a lot of really good stuff in there, design-wise, for accessibility, the way to just move around the phone itself. And when I go back to Microsoft Launch, I'm like, ah, if you you could implement the same stuff, that'd be great. So I understand that they're, you know, they spent the last year, and and this is in a perfect world, just toiling away in the garage. Like, we're going to nail Android 11 perfectly. Yeah. But with people getting Android 12, it's like, well, yeah, guys, you're, you're already you're still you're way behind. behind. Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. And that there's, you know, I've seen people say like, oh, nobody really cares about Android versions, and that's just false because like you see all like why people wouldn't make a million news articles and videos about the new Android versions if people didn't care. Like I'm sorry, that's just not true. People do yeah. care, and there's a perception that you know, just like with Duo, you buy it for fourteen hundred plus dollars, depending on where you were, you might have paid considerably more than that to start 
and you know you don't have a good camera set up you do have last year's soc and you do have android 10 when everyone else is rocking 11 and now 12 is is being tested and you're going to be running 11 now like th- that perception wise that can be a problem for some people you know that they, they want the new the new things and like that's you know, I remember when I used my OnePlus 7 Pro, they got, they were, they were right there getting the betas as early as anybody. And that was cool. I liked that. It made it feel like they're quick, they're reactive, you know, they're doing their thing. Whereas Duo consistently feels like you, you're sitting back wondering, like, what are they doing? Are, are, are they, are they making any progress? Cause we're not getting any communication. Change logs would take a week to get, you know, in the beginning, it'd be like a week before, not a week, but it'd be like, two days and then, then your yeah. update change log comes out and people are just sitting around going they're doing the thing where they're like it feels faster and i got so sick of here and it feels faster i'm like get get the hell out of here with feels faster it's, <laughs> it's, it's the windows guys like myself that, that was our thing for like yeah. six years feels faster like, it's got to be something there's something uh, in here i mean we'll, we'll leave it on that note with high hopes uh hopefully microsoft sure. will, will uh, it unreasonably, unreasonably high hopes. Yeah, I mean, preparing yeah, myself for the inevitable uh, crash of disappointment, but I will ride <laughs> this roller coaster over and over. That's just what we do. Yeah. Uh, moving on to something that actually does perform and does produce, uh, we're going to talk about Microsoft, uh, Microsoft Teams. Uh, based on the numbers we got from the earnings call, Microsoft is now boasting over 250 million active monthly users across all supported platforms. So that includes Mac, iOS, Android. Uh, I don't think they have anything for Linux, but you know, Linux people can complain later in the quietly. They don't uh, matter. Yeah, uh, on Chrome OS, <laughs> things like that. Um, so it's, I think uh, Mary Jo Foley over at ZDNet had some specific numbers talking about how apparently around 80 million users are using Microsoft Teams on their phones. Uh, and that was throughout uh, 124 organizations and over 100,000 users. So again, these are all people on their phones. And I, and I think that about 27 of them are on a Surface Duo. Those are, that's my, those are my numbers. I, I just, you know. I, I, think, I think you might be shooting a little, a little <laughs> bit high. <laughs> I think there might be you and maybe Zach. I have not. I have not used uh, <laughs> Teams. Oh, I'm not even so you. I, I'm not even <laughs> one of them. Yeah. Uh, so it's just Zach. Uh, <laughs> it's just also saying that there are 3,000 organizations boasting over 10,000 users on the platform. Uh, I guess that's uh, normally like whatever the average is. So um, we kind of talked about this off mic, but I'll bring it back on mic, saying that uh, even as Zoom became a household name, we're seeing Teams still increase their user count and. Uh, especially as we start to get in this sort of post-pandemic, I, I you know, hesitate to say that because of the, where we're at in the situation. But uh, I was mentioning that some relevant factors for the increase is just that people that are going back into into work in a hybrid situation, maybe three days a week or something like that. I believe a lot of their IT admins pay for office already, and now they're just forcing their employees, forcing the employees to use what they pay for. So we're getting more. Uh, Microsoft Teams seats being filled that way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, we talked about this, like you said, a little bit before, but to me, it, it kind of surprised me. That seems like such an insanely high number. I'm a big Discord user, and I think, what did I say, like 150 million monthly active users? So, like, mm-hmm. in my mind, for some reason, because, and this is, I guess we all live in, a, in our own bubble, but in my mind, I'm like, everybody I know uses Discord. And <laughs> I don't, you know, so to me, I was like, oh, Discord probably, if they've got you know, that many, then Discord's probably got at least, no, no, actually, uh, Teams is obliterating Discord. That's a crazy amount of people, but like we talked about, 
that business sector is a huge pie. It's a lot of people. So if you can capture a chunk of that, man, that's there's so much money. Like we all sit around and kind of laugh at how, you know, Microsoft has, you know, they had Skype and then they like they didn't kill Skype. They kind of killed it with like negligence or something. You know, like they, <laughs> they, yeah. they forgot about it outside and it, it, you know, but you know what they've done with teams. Cause I think that it kind of, you know, gets poked at a little bit, but like they're doing really well with teams. Like they're making some money off of this thing. So kudos to them because for all the crap people talk, they're doing okay. I think where they found some of their niches, especially during the pandemic was hosting stuff initially. Yeah. Uh, I know, Skype has always, or at least for the longest time, claimed the 350 million mark. That was always like the big number. Uh, and for like six years, they sat on it. And we just kept asking, like, so has it gone to like 351 million? And they just be, they'd be very <laughs> quiet. About it. So uh, in the in the light of that, and you're seeing uh, 200 and what we say 250 million, yeah. 250 million active users. They're closing in on that Skype That's market. Quick. Very That's quickly, very yes. quick. Um, but I think, like I said, to my point, that they're using, you know, they're they're supporting. Um, they supported the NBA during the uh, quarantine bubble. They were ho- they're trying to pivot into hosting concerts, uh, telethons, you know, all kinds of yeah. big organizations that need to get people together. Uh, and as long as this pandemic continues to keep us apart, so to speak, or at least separated in cars, you know, at distance from one another, uh, we'll continue to see uh, Microsoft figure out ways to uh, expand beyond what Skype used to just do, which was like call your grandma in, in Iran or something like that, you know. <laughs> right. Well, and, and something I wonder about Teams is like, I, like I think that f- like FaceTime is like the opposite of Teams because it's only so. on the one platform. I know you can do it in the web browser now, but literally zero people are going to do that. Yeah. But you can, I guess. But it's it's only on that one platform, and it's just for talking, just like on the phone, just individual people, right? And Teams is, you know, on every platform, and it's supposed to be for group work meetings, right? So they're occupying these opposite ends. And it makes me wonder, will either one of them attempt to come the other's way, and what would happen when these two behemoths, granted, FaceTime is <laughs> much more of a behemoth, but, you know, it would be, it's interesting to me to think about, like, why did Apple not pursue this? Was it because they didn't want to let FaceTime out of their walled garden at, at all? Was the web browser thing them dipping their toes in that? Just, it's interesting to me to think about, like, because clearly Microsoft has, uh, they saw a vacuum there, and they tried to fill it. And it just makes me wonder, why, why were they the ones that were successful, in particular when they showed that they didn't really do a whole lot with Skype, Yet they're able to fill this with a new a new product instead, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean it's a great great question. I'll leave our audience to kind of figure that out too and throw their, you know, uh, predictions in the comments. I, if I had to guess my own, it was just that, uh, was it iWork or whatever they call that has never been a contender. It's never been a a, a, yeah. a, a platform to leverage for FaceTime to be a tool for productivity. So. Uh, even if they wanted to just keep it, you know, just wrap up products and then grow that audience into a workforce, no one's going to be like, let me hop on FaceTime and talk to you about whatever, whatever their equivalent of is of Excel. Or sure. Whatever, or P- it's or the integration with the other yeah. work stuff. And this is the only reason why Microsoft hasn't been able to get into, you know, hasn't been able to push Skype into FaceTime territory is because it's always been tied to one, a Microsoft account, which was stupid on their part. Um, and I think they've kind of learned that to give people a little more flexibility. Like you can sign in with Google, you can sign in with, right. you don't even decide, you just sign in as a guest. But they always yeah. tied it with the Microsoft account, which meant that you had to have, you know, you tied that use of Skype 
mostly into, oh, let's go over some, you know, numbers for next week's quarter. Let's go do these things and we'll do it using Skype or we'll do it using Teams. So, and in the meantime, I think Zoom is filled that perfect spot for most people where it's, we need to do something business-esque or educational-esque and still have a casual, like, all right, let's just hop on and do a quick recording. Uh, right. So I don't think Microsoft or Apple can really get into that section. And um, yeah, yeah, Discord is kind of in that in that kind of more gamery, obviously. But I think yeah. I feel like Discord is trying. I think they're trying to kind get of into leverage the as well. Area. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. So I mean, again, this is we will talk about this later. Uh, you know, maybe in a different pod about uh, Microsoft's potential or supposed acquisition of Discord and how that would have played against Amazon's Twitch purchase and kind of replaced their mixer ambitions, things like that. But mm-hmm. now we're going to kind of wrap things up. We're going to get towards the end of this. I know it's been kind of a long one for most people, but we're going to do our fast recap. We're going to put, uh, I'm going to, you know, do uh, Arif's traditional eight minutes. I'm going to try and do it under that though, try and get us in on six and talk about <laughs> the first topic, which is our Microsoft Teams uh, providing phishing protection. So we were just talking about Teams. Uh, Microsoft has been under a constant attack, especially as of the last year and a half, uh, with phishing uh, attacks. Most of them have been kind of uh, nation state uh, organized and and sanctioned. But in order to help with that, uh, they announced, I believe, earlier this week that organizations with Microsoft Defender for Office 365 can further protect Microsoft team users from malicious phishing attacks that are under that are often orchestrated using weaponized URLs. Safe links and defenders for Office 365 can scan URLs at the time of click to ensure that the users are protected with the largest uh, intelligence from Microsoft Defenders. Um, so basically, uh, it's the same thing, sort of same thing you get when you're on Edge, I believe, not not emotionally, just using the browser. Oh, uh, yeah. When you're uh, when you're using Edge, uh, you know, it gives you that like this site is you know potentially malicious. Do you want to continue? Right. Um, so uh, you're going to be able to do that with Teams now. When if I send you a link, say, hey, go check out this website or go you know go get you know go pull down our cloud documents from this link, the you'll get this prompt that says, hey, Kareem might be trying to break your computer. <laughs> Uh, the next thing we got is Windows uh, 1021H1 has now reached 26.6% market share of the total operating systems. Uh, as we move into, I believe, legacy mode, that's what I'm going to start calling from now on for Windows 10. It's interesting to see that uh, Microsoft is, Windows 10 is still increasing its uh, um, market share. Uh, we're now, what is this, six years into Windows 10, uh, going on seven, and I believe that they have... Uh, they have it scheduled for uh, end of life support at 2025 or something like that. So um, we'll, you know, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago that Microsoft is going to release Windows 11 and they're going to release another build of uh, Windows 10 at the same time. But, you know, it's going to be branching off into more enterprise support and functionality services for that while we fund people get to play around with Windows 11 and new features and things like that. So uh, Windows 10 is still gaining market share, uh, surprisingly. Uh, even as you know, I think Ad Duplex also mentioned uh, Chrome taking a huge uh, uh, W for the the quarter as well because people just love cheap uh, Chromebooks. You know, the people are making use of them. Uh, the next thing we have is my Microsoft Flight Simulator is now officially on Xbox and Xbox. I mean Xbox Series X and uh, S. I don't know if you've had a chance to play with it yet. Uh, I had a gaming PC, a Lenovo Legion that they uh, sent me out for review, and I've been playing it on that. Uh, on the 
second to highest settings and it's been pretty fun that's pretty impressive for for a laptop because that thing at least early on i played it when it first came out and that thing uh was kicking the crap out of my out of my tower so yeah oh don't get me wrong it it gets like 45 minutes of battery life and it, it, yeah. it you know it, it gets pretty toasty <laughs> but it was fun nonetheless uh i was mentioning to uh my co-host that i think microsoft can make an easy pivot to becoming the simulator platform i know yeah. that you know uh sony's been known for like uh you know relatively in-depth rpgs especially stuff coming out of japan things like that uh, Microsoft may not be able to chase them in that same market. You know, they, they've kind of held their own for a long time for first-person yeah. shooters. Uh, with the exclusives going to both to Sony and them, I think they could make a hard pivot and being like, we're going to just do crazy high-fidelity simulators. Uh, yeah. And that'll be what our system is known for. Uh, and then the last thing, we're getting calendar and tasks uh, in the in Outlook's inbox. I don't know which no, uh, solution you use, uh, but I'm doing uh, kind of a deep dive on Microsoft's tons of mail solutions i don't know someone needs to talk to these guys they have you know they're getting pretty crazy with this they're getting like over like everyone gets an email client but they have mail on windows 10 they have outlook the app for office they have outlook.com they have um and i think now they're doing the pwa uh exchange for different people like you you can manage different accounts from that anyway uh outlook.com is now getting calendar and tasks, which is right in the inbox. It's a cool like shift on the screen, basically, like in the panel. So I don't know if you've been playing around with Edge, but if you right click on the menus, you can do a search, which brings a search menu right into your window that you're currently using versus going into a new tab or anything like that. So for Outlook on the web, you'll be able to do the same thing. You'll be able to, you know, set up meetings uh, or, you know, accept or reject invites, things like that, right within the same pane. So you don't have to jump out of the email you're composing the same thing with tasks which is i think is great i've been testing out the pw and it's been pretty awesome as far as uh, integrating all that stuff within one window so like i said uh, uh one of the good things about it is i use a lot of sticky notes and windows 10 keeps all your sticky notes keeps them in chronological order when you when you create them and i can pull those all up without having to actually even go into the sticky notes app if i'm you know writing an email and i was like what was the password for that or um you know what were the coordinates for these certain things that i put in a sticky note i can pull it all up within that so uh cool. microsoft outlook.com is getting pretty robust and that's cool. the end of our fast recap um closing this out uh, i think what are we at about 40 minutes so yeah uh the last few bits we have is that we're gonna be looking at the week ahead so and we always do this this is like our favorite section because we get to talk about hardware and upcoming things and predictions uh in our week ahead we have uh one of our uh, managing editors is uh, Laurent, uh, who's going to be writing hopefully about his Halo Infinite experience. He's got uh, he's gotten the technical preview, I believe. It's been rolling out. He's very he was super frustrated. He would like send in the chat every day the disappointed uh, meme from like I think it, whatever what was that show? Uh, not Conan, was it or was I don't know Kevin Sorbo, whatever it was. Oh gosh. Yeah, he would send that meme Kevin like disappointed Sorbo. because Hercule? he couldn't. Was it Hercules? Hercules, yeah. Man, but he finally got it, I think, and I, which means we should expect a review from that. Um, that's him. I don't know what Eric's got. He's always got something from Dell to review. I'm sure he's got some hardware that he's gonna be testing out. I, on the other hand, have some mechanical keyboards. I know that's becoming all the rage these days. At least for what I can tell on YouTube, everyone's yep. in a mechanical keyboard. So I have a couple yep. that I'm gonna kind of be reviewing. I just wish that they would come with. The number pads either uh, attached or separately because i think you know 
those are pretty awesome. So if you use it for is- work, you you kind or for certain gaming, you want yeah. you do want that number pad. Yeah, I can I can definitely understand that. I had some cool ones that do some crazy RPG lighting stuff. I mean, I went downstairs to get some water one night and forgot it was still plugged in. It was like a rave going on. My cat was freaking out. Um, and then uh, I also got, uh, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to check these out, but uh, Microsoft's modern accessories, uh, meaning their headsets, uh, their speakers. Uh, got one right here. Yeah. Um, I got these in, so uh, I have a review coming up for that. And that'll be all we got for the week ahead, I think. Um you know, we're going to be seeing about build news, about Windows 11 stuff coming in. Hopefully, there'll be some more leaks about the Microsoft hardware, uh, at least for the Duo is concerned and, and what's coming up with that. Uh, we had some patents that I wrote about for the Surface Book, potential Surface Book 4 or some new Surface S device that's using a new hinge mechanism. So maybe we'll start to see some of that, even though the patent was granted, uh, I don't know, earlier this week. Yeah. Yeah, it might be a while before we see it. But I don't think it's going to be a surface Surface Book Four, <laughs> right? But I mean, hopefully, we'll see something about the Surface Book Four at some point. I know people yeah. have been kind of itching to get that, uh, and that's all I got to say. I mean, uh, you can find me uh, at Mindhead One on Twitter. Uh, you can also find all of our giveaways, uh, a list of our podcasts, uh, our articles, reviews, commentary, things like that, all on Microsoft uh, on Twitter as well. Uh, where can people find you again? Yeah, so on Twitter, I am at scary if literal. It's a weird name, I know. Just think of something like, you know, the phrase like, keep your eyes peeled. That would be scary if it was literal. That's that's where it came from. It's an old running <laughs> inside joke. Uh, and then also on YouTube, you can either search for Shane Craig or scary if literal. Pretty much anywhere, scaryifliteral.com. It'll all get you there. Okay, and um, is there anything else you want to kind of uh, pitch or anything like that about anything content wise you're coming up with uh i mean nothing specifically i mean I, you know i i do i do every monday and friday i do a, like a news roundup called news radar so guys can check that out and then there's usually like one two three more videos throughout the week sprinkled in i, I crank out quite a bit of content so yeah if you guys um enjoyed my presence here maybe uh check out the youtube channel and, and go from there thanks you know a ton for having me on the show again i appreciate the invite it was a lot of fun yeah, thanks for coming back. Thanks for helping me host and give everybody the information they need for the week. Uh, it was a little longer than normal, but we hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, again, stay safe, wear a mask, get vaccinated, do whatever you need to so we can all get together soon. <laughs>